life-changing stage right there. Yep. It's like you go through puberty, and then you have totality. You definitely, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely something you don't forget. <laughs> Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and as you can tell by my voice, I'm getting over a chest cold, but that's okay. We're still here to talk to you about uh, some cool stuff today, and with me is David. How's it going, everybody? Uh, we're just trying to stay warm up here in the uh, frozen tundra of Michigan, Yes. but thankfully we have some delicious beer that you brought today. What do we got going yeah. on over here? Yeah, we've got some uh, very spacey <clears throat> spacey beers. I'm drinking a Cosmic Farmer from Clown Shoes Beer, which is out of Ipswich, Massachusetts, if that's how you pronounce it right. 7.5% red wheat IPA. Um, it, kind of an interesting beer. Clown Shoes is a brewery who makes a lot of really like unique beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... If I'm not mistaken, they produce only to or distribute only to about six or so states, one of which is Michigan. And so this was it came out two years ago in a 22 ounce bottle as a Michigan exclusive. Mm-hmm. So they they make it with uh, malt that's grown here in Michigan. And the can has this cool guy flying through space in like a little space bubble uh, growing malt to be used in beer later. Uh, pretty cool. And then you're nice. drinking... Well, I've got the uh, New Holland Brewing Tangerine Space Machine. Um, it's a New England style India pale ale. So this is actually pretty good. Tastes kind of like uh, orange juice, sorta, but six point eight percent. So it, it'll get you. It'll get you feeling pretty good after about one of these. But nice. Um, yeah, nice little local Michigan brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the it's definitely pretty cool. It's a bunch of tangerines on the bottle, and there's also a tangerine with a space helmet on. So that's pretty cool, but I think it tastes good. Yeah, the space, new one for me, citrusy, kind of juicy. Yeah. So, I like the space. So. The space themed beers are the best. Yeah. I mean, they usually taste good. Um, we're biased, but <laughs> we're biased, but yeah. I went into yeah. the store. There's a new place here, and well, not super new, but relatively new in Grand Rapids called Craft Beer Cellar. Oh, you yeah. been there? No. no. It's um, it's downtown, and it, they just have ridiculous amounts of beer in there. So I went in there with Julia, my wife. And uh, we picked out a couple space-themed beers for the podcast. Uh, always fun. So it, we're enjoying those. Yeah, the, this one, this one's very good. It's got kind of a, a hoppy first first hit, first hits you with the hops, and then that the wheat kind of finishes off, which is nice. Yeah. Mm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's keeping us warm. It's been about yeah. uh, mm, three degrees for the last two weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't even have it the worst. I mean, they we have decent amount of snow but i mean the the big storm that just hit the east coast and then we had i mean i i've been hearing it's you know the great lakes are actually protecting us from a lot of the yeah like really really brutal cold i mean having said that it's been like minus five degrees at nighttime here but i think some of the wind chills are a little bit better here as opposed to like minnesota or wisconsin but yeah been stinking cold. Yeah, that's so. one more reason to live in the, in Michigan. You get the Great Lakes to protect you on all yeah. sides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to great deal. Great Lakes, with... great times. Yep. So, and I know people yeah. in like New York and Washington D.C. are like, you know, complaining to, to people like us. Like, stop complaining about the cold. Like, look at what we're dealing with. Yeah. We're dealing with eighteen inches of snow a day. 
or yeah. something crazy. They're getting hit with the cyclone bomb or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, yeah. Another giant vortex storm. Yeah. That we don't have to deal with, but we do have to deal with the cold. Although yeah. today it was a little warmer. Yeah, it's and I, it's gonna warm up a little bit. I think we're gonna get a little little break in the the weather here, but that'll be good. Finally, try to get outside and do some stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been pretty much be a hermit week here. Oh, well, last uh, for the new year. Three weeks. I mean, really, yeah. been a been a hermit, but yeah. Whatever, it'll pass. Yep. So. So hopefully we'll get a little break in the weather here for the new year. So hopefully everyone had a happy new year. We both did. I was up in um, the northeast side of the state of Michigan. Uh, with some friends and did some snowmobiling, did some ice skating, pond hockey. It was a good time. Yeah. Drank some cham- champagne on New Year's Eve, some beers. It was good. Had a good yeah. time. Yeah, I uh, I kept it low key. Um, just kind of hung out. Had the a family gathering uh, the Friday prior to New Year's, and um, which you were at too, yep. and all that. So we yep. we had an ugly sweater party. That was pretty fun. Brought me back to my college days. But yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, every every year that's a classic. And then, uh, yeah, New Year's just kind of kept it easy. Um, you know, the like New Year's Eve, I actually went out to um, Reed's Lake, just mm-hmm. over in East Grand Rapids, and shoveled off a little patch of ice. And the ice was actually not that great, even though it had been super cold for like three weeks. But still a little bit i think maybe just because i had a little blanket of snow over the top and i think people had been walking on it Mm -hmm. um a little bit too early when it wasn't completely frozen so there was some just weird you know obviously like you know footprints and all that kind of stuff in it but yeah um i don't know i haven't been over there recently but that kind of thing's fun i haven't really haven't had a winter like that where you could go skate on a pond in a few years because it's been so mild but, yeah, last year was very mild. The year before yeah. was real spotty. Yeah. I think what we should do is go out, shovel off our spot, and then dump some hot water on it. That's smooth, what you gotta do. Smooth it out That's like ice. It'd be look like glass. That'd be a lot of fun. You go out there with one of those uh, pumps that you kind of use for, uh, you know, like lawn fertilizer. Yeah. And just, yep. just, <laughs> just douse it. <laughs> douse it down. Because it melts but, all the little ridges, but it doesn't yeah. melt into the ice. But yep. um, a, little, a little handmade Zamboni. Yeah. So you can play, play some hockey. Might take a little while, but it'd be worth it'd be it. Worth it, yeah. yeah. That's what we did at the the where we were for New Year's Eve wasn't really a pond; it was like a swamp. Yeah. <clears throat> so we cleared out the reeds and then dumped a bunch of hot water over the ice. Yeah. And it formed like a nice sheen layer. Yeah. It was still a little bumpy, but, but yeah. not bad. The other thing is probably ten <clears throat> ten guys out there with tents, um, you know, doing a little bit of ice fishing too, and that looked like it was you know must be pretty good out there because there's you know like I said. About ten different little campsites out there. Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to try that. We got to get that going too. I think yeah. um, we just need to get a little a drill or whatever they call it, like a hand drill, yeah. and then just get out there and get to it. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of special equipment, but I really don't. I mean, you can have all these special tip-up rods and stuff where you can set it up and then go leave. Yeah, which would be ideal actually, because then yeah. you could go play hockey or whatever. Yeah, that'd be um, that'd be prime. Have a rink right next to where you're fishing, and yeah. then just have you know mount your pole down so you just you know can chill and wait for it to something to bite yep. and go skate while you're doing that. That'd yeah, be fun. yeah, we'll catch a nice yeah. big pike or something. Yeah, for sure. I actually saw a video of a guy catch a largemouth bass ice fishing, which is yeah. kind of weird. I don't think that's super common. No, I don't so. think so. Pretty cool, but yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully everyone had a good New Year's. 2018 will be a good year, and uh, we're going to kick it off with a good January episode here. Uh, we've got some some 
interesting things to talk about. Uh, some sad news as well uh, for our featured astronaut of the month, but we'll get to that a little later. Uh, and then to cap off the episode, we've got a, a really great interview we had um, with our friend John, who was the, the fourth member of our crew that went down to Hopkinsville for the eclipse. Mm-hmm. And um, that went really well. Um, so that'll we'll, we'll kind of lead, lead into that towards the end there. But um, one of the first things we want to talk about is uh, give you an update on our, our good friend Mad Mike. And our update is we don't have one yeah. because we I could not find a single thing, uh, a new article or anything um, about the the flight of Mad Mike yeah. uh, Hughes, and uh, so a little disappointed. But if if somebody else knows uh, where we can find an update, I would greatly appreciate that. And yes. you could please send us a link uh, through Instagram or something like that. But I couldn't find an update, and I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah, it was and so heavily in the media. And now it's non-existent. So either he yeah. completely c- crawled away from it, or uh, it's in secret or something. But yeah, although I mean, we will, we do need to report that last month or whenever was it last month we talked about Mad Mike. Yeah, yeah, we had a flat earther listen to our podcast. Yeah, yeah. and that was very apparent because the yeah. person's username was flat earther blah blah yeah. whatever. Um, and uh, we welcome that. You know, it's yeah, you have to have those kinds of conversations with people and. It's fun to, to have opposing views sometimes when it comes to this sort of thing and talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you're so, gonna no one's no one's gonna agree on everything. I mean, it, it's just you gotta just not take a you know take it with a grain of salt. And yeah, if, you know, go into it and um, you know don't take offense to it if if you if you get pissed. You yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. We all have different views, and you know, it's just kind of it's open open constructive criticism. Absolutely. You know? So so yeah, we welcome. But, we welcome that that listener to hopefully continue listening and uh, yeah. yeah send us a tweet yeah send <laughs> us a tweet and you know whatever you whatever you feel like uh, but it's good to get people from you know any uh, any beliefs or any you know really any kind of background it's that's why we're here we want to li- hear from you we want you to listen yeah. and um, we're just a couple of dudes talking right. out of our asses half the time so yep hey most of you the time know? <laughs> and and with that said too. Whether you're a flat earther or not, you yeah. can still go look at a total solar eclipse. And whatever you might believe it might be, it's, you're going to still see the spectacle. That's exactly right. And yeah. so, hey, you know what? Yeah. I was actually excited that, you know, we had Flat Earth Mike on the title of the episode and then just so happened to get a flat earther listen to us. That, yeah. I was excited. I was like, that's cool. We're yeah. reaching somebody. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the po- podcast continues to grow, um, which is really, really great. And like we've said from the beginning, we don't have any intent of like you know, making this super popular with the intent of fame or anything. It's more just we want to make a podcast to spread the news about the eclipse, spread yeah. uh, excitement, enthusiasm about space. Yeah. So um, no update on Mad Mike, but some really cool updates about the Falcon Heavy. Yes. The coolest thing that's going on right now in space. That's kind of our main thing. It's the I mean, buzz. Because we've been kind of... You know, going back and forth, what, what should be our main uh, talking point? And I don't really, there's nothing really else out there that's as big as this. Because this, right. is, this is truly the, the next generation of, you know, space exploration here. So what do we got going here this month? Yeah, so the, the Falcon Heavy is, is all the buzz right now. Um, it, it is probably one of the things that most people, whether you're really into space or not, you may have heard of it, even if you're just... You know, not really into it. It's on the news and stuff because it, it's a big deal. Uh, Elon Musk has has brought 
pretty much everything to the table here with this rocket. Um, some interesting facts about the rocket. It is the most powerful rocket ever constructed, which is just cool in and yeah. of itself. Yeah. Um, the Falcon 9, which has been very successful in delivering the ISS to the ISS, uh, which can land itself and in, in all that, the booster, yeah. um, it's made up pretty much of three of those yeah. kind of squished together. Uh, and each of those three cores from the Falcon 9 has nine engines each. So you have 27 total engines equaling 5.1 million pounds of thrust. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy. That's equivalent to, like, I think full power equivalent to 18. Like, you know the feeling of, like, when you're on a plane, that little, like, butterfly in your stomach, like, right yeah. when you lift off, yeah. times 18. Yeah, I can't imagine. It's a lot of G's. I can't imagine sitting in that thing. I mean, I that's, you know, way more than, obviously, than the Saturn V. But, yep. And those guys even talked about when they were in launch or launching, um, how they couldn't even see the, the dashboard or right. anything like that, or the control panel. And I can't imagine, I mean, maybe they, you know, have a different design. Obviously, it's a totally different design, but maybe there's something in there that it wouldn't shake as much, but I can't imagine if you're actually on that first mission going to Mars in this thing, it's, mm. it's going to be rattling you like... Yes. <laughs> it's a, you're experiencing yeah. a lot of Gs. Yeah. Like, that, that's the thing, is like, they might, they might have technology to counteract vibrations yeah. but you're still going to experience the g's yeah. you know like you're just gonna you're getting launched yeah well i mean they are launching there, there is a passenger on board this thing there is and it is a yeah. a tesla roadster the brand new supercar from yeah. from tesla so a little marketing from elon's other company yeah They're pretty cool though it's like a bright red tesla and i from what i understand there so this launch is a demonstration launch to almost a proof of com concept for the falcon heavy yeah, they're launching it. They are launching it to Mars uh, with kind of a um, just a, a, a payload that is representative of what would be launching with you know three or four astronauts and all their equipment and all that stuff. So yeah, a certain amount of uh, weight. And typically, I guess for these types of flights, they use like a steel block or a concrete block. But Elon said that sounds pretty boring. Let's go ahead and, and launch my brand new supercar inside. Yeah. <laughs> so they're doing that. And it's red for the red planet. It's red for the red planet and it's blasting space oddity. So this, this is like, Blake. obviously this whole thing's exciting by itself, but then he just does stuff like this, which just makes it ridiculously cool. It, it's you know, so like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't help but be like, wow, that's pretty stinking badass. They're yeah. going to fly an actual Tesla Roadster to Mars, and yeah. it's just going to orbit, and there's going to be yeah. music playing. <laughs> yeah, that so. last, so obviously like most rockets, right. it has several stages, um, but the last stage, which contains the Tesla, will be orbiting Mars if successful, and it will just, it'll orbit Mars until it falls out of orbit, and they did some calculation, I don't have the fact here in front of me, but it's going to be orbiting Mars for a long, long time, Yeah. so it's just going to be out there, and that, that's just cool, that's, yeah. that's really, really cool uh, that they're doing that. Um, and if all goes well, you know, may, there's a talk that they might like launch the Falcon Heavy to the moon mm -hmm. and do a little landing thing there with some actual astronauts. So mm -hmm. it really, it is the next generation actually, you know, there's been stuff with NASA and the Ares rocket and all sorts of stuff and the, you know, you saw the Orion capsule uh, landing, but it seems like Elon is kind of taking control with, yeah. with his stuff here. Yeah. Um, it is... Definitely an interesting rocket.
the fact that when I, I saw pictures of it go vertical um, in Cape Canaveral at space, uh, Kennedy Space Center. Yep. On, pad 39A. On, yeah. Historic yep. Pad 39A, the, the pad that was built for Apollo. That's yep. um, neat that it's on that pad. But watching that thing go vertical, it give, it just makes you feel excited um, that something big is happening here. Yeah. So, but it, it's it's cool to see too that it's it is quite a bit smaller and definitely more efficiently built than the Saturn V. So it doesn't look like it would be as powerful, but yeah. it's really two times as powerful. That's pretty yeah. crazy. Just a totally different design. It's not you know, height isn't everything. Yeah. It's it's definitely it's the uh, the girth. Uh, behind the uh, the panels that are at what makes the difference and um, getting the thing yeah all 40, the way to Mars so. 40 50 yeah. years of additional technology and yeah. all that stuff really you know comes through in this design yeah well I think um, I think also like obviously yeah like you were just saying just you know the you know computer systems everything on board is so much smaller than it yeah. had to be yeah. in the past so I mean that and not only that but you know I think there could very well be a different rendition of this when they actually have make the trip to Mars or to the moon where they actually have a little bit more that they have yeah. to take. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing they'll probably just keep the same, same, you know, type design, but there might be a, a point where they're like, okay, I think we need just, you know, add this or we, you know, have to, it might end up getting, you know, twice the size as, yeah. as it is now or yeah, you, you never, know. never know. So the cool thing about but, it too is that, He's, he's kind of strapping three of his Falcon 9s together in some ways, which is nice because that proof of concept has already been well established. Like, they can launch those things up pretty routinely now to the ISS, mm-hmm. and the booster comes back down. Like, that, that's cool. That, that to know that the actual the, the horsepower behind the thing is, is tried and true mm-hmm. to, to some extent. I understand in the space world it's probably never tried and true. It's always a dangerous thing yeah. when you're launching off of a pad. Um, a giant rocket like this, but yeah. to know that the engines themselves, the Merlin engines, I think their their design they call yeah. the Merlin, those are experienced, I guess, in some ways. So, really, really neat mission here going. It, it's supposed to launch late January. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is vertical though. It's it's yeah. up vertical, and it, you can go look up photos. And I would encourage anyone out there to to look up photos of, of this because it will get you excited oh, in yeah. the same way. Follow follow SpaceX on Instagram and you know Elon Musk on Twitter. It's pretty entertaining just to see all the updates and all that. Mm-hmm. They're doing. I think they're going to do a in the coming weeks, maybe a couple weeks. They're going to do a test of the engines. You're right. Yeah. Um, kind of like a a hold down just to kind of see, you know, which is great that they can kind of do that kind of stuff now. But, um, so I think after that, it all goes well there. Then I think they're set for end of the month. Yeah. Let so, it rip. Yeah. It, it's, rip. it's just a cool thing. And, and what you were saying too, about the, like the efficient design of it, as far as computing systems, to think that the Apollo computers, what did they say? They were the same as what we have like yeah. way less than we have in a cell phone now, right? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, our our cell phone, you know, I think they somebody has said. I think I heard that our cell phone has enough computing power to land the, you know, the lunar module. Yeah. You know, it's just like that's and we have that in our hand now. You know, it's crazy. To, and then you so, think about what we the little thing we have in our hand. You extrapolate that to this big rocket, and mm-hmm. you, all that computing power. That's an explanation for that efficient design. Mm-hmm. All sorts of interesting things built into this design. So we'll be really much looking forward to this launch. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. 
We actually for talked sure. briefly about trying to go down for it, but it's kind of uh, in secret right now, I think, when they'll actually launch it. Yeah, it's too too up in the air, I think, at this point. And, you know, maybe we'll, soon, yeah. we'll see. I mean, it would be good to see the next man launch, like we yeah. talked about. Yep. But, um, and then he'll, you know, you never know, that might be, I think it's within the next couple of years, yeah. or, you know, year and a half, two years, we'll see something like that. So that'll be good. Yeah, if they can take this Falcon but, Heavy, launch it to Mars and without a hitch, mm-hmm. and it orbits Mars, and then they, they're like, sweet, they get another one out, they launch it to the moon, and they land with all their, like, Mars lander stuff, mm-hmm. but on the moon, and without a hitch, I think it's a go. And, yeah. and that might happen in three or four or five years, like you said, but... Yeah, yeah. But, um... I could see in a couple of years, um... And they're going to launch, I'm pretty sure he's, I mean, it's within the next year he's launching those, uh, that commercial flight or yeah. something like that. Somebody yeah. basically paying to go to the moon. So yep. there's going to be people, I, I think a couple, couple people who go and actually orbit the moon and come back. So right. well, that, that'll be kind of cool. But I think the the next one to see will be the actual landing on, on the moon or something mm-hmm. like that. So. Yeah, just bring it back to all those Apollo days and actually yeah. relive that. It's, you know, as, as successful as many of the space shuttle missions were and everything that's been discovered and things that have led from, you know, that mission, mm-hmm. it's, we haven't been on a celestial body since Apollo. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. As a, yeah, humans haven't been. You humans, know, We have right. robots, but yeah. Yeah. Plenty of, plenty of drones and things and yeah. rovers on Mars and. And, and that's just amazing. You know, you look at the Mars rover, the photos it gets from yeah. Mars is pretty cool. But um, this little inkling that you feel when you see this thing go vertical, thinking yeah. that there's going to be a couple dudes up there or, yeah. or, or ladies, yeah. uh, um, is just really awesome. Yeah, at some point, you know, it's going to be the real deal. None of this, you know, talk and test and all that. It's going to yeah. be go time, you yep. know. So that'll be super exciting to witness that and you know maybe even be there to watch the launch so that'd be cool yeah i think we but, to to see the manned launch to mars we have to go oh it's just it's gonna be like the total I'm solar eclipse. taking the whole week off you just gotta do it <laughs> yeah. you have to yeah. that, like that would be like the first time they ever said oh, we're doing guys to the moon we're sending yeah. guys to the moon you you just gotta go yeah I mean, or you gotta at least be there yeah drop what some, you're doing and spend a little and bit watch, of money yeah. getting there and yeah it's worth it history it's way worth it um, so mm-hmm. that so that's exciting. Hopefully that will you know enter enter the orbit of Mars and yeah. everything goes well with that. SpaceX is uh, is busy for sure. Yep, yep um, they got a lot going. Good for them. Good for Elon. Yep. But uh, yeah, moving on to just a little refresher for kind of what's up for January. We've talked about this before, but we have the lunar eclipse, the total lunar eclipse. Yep. At the end of the month, the very last day of January, the thirty first. Um, if you're in Michigan, if you're listening from Grand Rapids, you're not going to be able to catch the full total lunar for more than about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, still worth a, worth a, a look up in the sky, um, given that it's about you know, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So maybe when you're starting your car to warm it up in the morning, you can take a peek, <laughs> yeah. take a peek out there and, and see it. But that's going to be. Right about the time, you know, six fifty a.m. or so. So you'll you'll see kind of first contact. Um, yes. Sort of. More or less, it's almost gonna look like it's just a you know, partial or, or not like a complete full moon. 
um, it's just going to look a little bit shaded yeah. until you hit you know the actual full eclipse, and then the moon should look, um, I guess you know reddish in the sky, um, mm-hmm. you know a lot like this tangerine on my beer yeah. can here. So kind of reddish hue to it. Um, that'll be the full eclipse, and that's just the light being bent around our atmosphere, and that's what gives the moon that look. Um, but until then, it'll kind of just look like there's simply a shadow on the moon, and you'll be able to see the full moon, um, but until it hits totality, you won't really see that you know, discoloration of the reddish color. But right. definitely very exciting because we had the solar eclipse, and now we got a, a cool you know, lunar eclipse. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously it's early in the morning, and it's in the middle of, or it's the end of January, but, so it might be a little frigid out there, but... Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. make it, make yourself some coffee in the morning. I'll be out there. I'll yeah, be taking a look at it. Absolutely, it'll be yeah. fun. They don't happen too often. So, so the the places that will catch the total, like every extent of the full eclipse, will be kind of the western U.S. is what it will favor. Yeah, northwest Canada. Um, if you're in Australia, Japan, Russia, Eastern Asia, those whole areas. Or if you're smack dab in the middle of the Pacific, like you, <laughs> you're taking a vacation to Hawaii. Yeah, if you're in Hawaii, you're gonna you catch it. Prime You'll catch area. all two hours of the of the total. Yeah. Uh, or I think it was an hour fifteen, something hour like 15, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think it's two hours if you include um, the part where the you know the the beginning of the partial, the end of the partial, um, etc. So yeah. So that'll be cool. Uh, definitely worthy of a, of a look up uh, if you're in those areas, or if you're in Grand Rapids. A lot of our listeners we know are um, are in this area, so. Still take a peek up. You might catch a glimpse of uh, at least the the beginning of that of the Earth's umbra, the Earth's shadow, kind of crossing across the moon there. Yeah, or uh, you know, like you said, if you're out in the desert, Arizona, California, Oregon, yeah. you'll have a prime prime viewing spot for that too. So, yeah, um, yep, yeah. That 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 is the equivalent of being in the band of totality mm-hmm. for the solar eclipse. So take advantage of it if you're on the west side of the United States. Yep. Definitely, but um, and that'll that's kind of the the big celestial highlight for the end of yeah. this month. But um, outside yeah. of that, do we, I mean we don't have anything really? Yeah, there's nothing else. much else. Yeah. There there is if you're listening immediately after we post this, which is going to be on Monday, uh, January eighth, um, you might be able to catch the tail end of Mars and Jupiter being in their closest points in their uh, respective orbits. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the fifth through the eighth. When you can view that either with binoculars or with a telescope, you can see Mars and Jupiter at their closest point. Um, pretty interesting to see because Jupiter, or sorry, Mars is only one sixth the diameter, of, uh, the apparent diameter of Jupiter when you look through the sky. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool to see, you know, kind of the the two shapes yeah. up there in the sky. So if you listen to this podcast when we post it on Monday morning right away, you might still be, still be able to catch a glimpse of of Mars and Jupiter in their the closest contacts mm-hmm. um, their respective orbits which is really the only other major thing there's no real uh, asteroid or sorry meteorite showers to talk about um, like there was for December so yeah but, and we we just had um, we just had a super moon um, we did you know yeah. not too I mean only a handful of days ago really um, but so that you know the moon was at its closest point um, in its orbit this month so it was that was pretty yeah, pretty it, was, cool to see. it was cool. Um, we had a couple, couple cool uh, nights where it was totally clear, and it was you know mm-hmm. very very cool. To, I mean, it was cold, but it was cool to be outside and 
take a look at it. And I mean, it was right. It, you could, I think it was about New Year's Eve. I was out there on the uh, lake skating, and it was you know probably about five, you know four forty-five, five o'clock, and it was already yeah. huge, um, kind of in the horizon. So that was that was kind of a highlight, you know, end a little end of December highlight for us, but. Yeah, I got a good glimpse yeah. of it. <clears throat> Excuse me, got a good glimpse of it up in uh, the northern state of Michigan. It was you know, very clear up there, of course. Yeah. And um, New Year's Eve, we saw it really, really bright. It was it was great. Yeah. And then on New Year's Day, that was the super moon. It was really cool to see. Yeah. You could see it in the morning. It, it was awesome. Just a gigantic moon. Yeah, it was cool. But uh, so for for January, definitely be looking up for that lunar eclipse. And um, like like we said, if you're a quick listener, go ahead and see if you can catch Mars and Jupiter real close together in the sky. They, they, they look, I looked up last night and it's cool. It's very, very cool to see them that close. Yeah. Because um, when you look at them at their furthest points in the orbit, they're on other ends of the sky. Mm-hmm. And just a, it's just a, a cool feeling to know that they, you know, they're in orbit and they, they're crossing paths almost mm-hmm. in some yeah. ways. Um, but with that, I think it'll be a, a good place for a break. And when we come back from our break, we'll have uh, some more interesting news. Uh, we'll have our featured astronaut and, uh, of course, our interview, uh, kind of the main, the main focus of the podcast today. Uh, we'll, we'll introduce our interviewee, John, and uh, we'll be back with you in just a few minutes. back from our break with a couple of new beers uh, and a couple of interesting news uh, bits here for you uh, before our interview. So I'm now drinking a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, keeping it classic. Yeah. One of the original craft beers. Can't go wrong there. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. Always good. I've got a, uh, I've had this before on the podcast, but it's the Izaka uh, India Pale from Founders. It's a local Founders brewery in uh, downtown Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, can't go wrong. It's very good, but it's also, I mean, seven percent. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to be careful with these. I've, I've, you know, yeah, I've learned trial and error. You know, it's error. You know, it's kind of one of those things where um, if you have one or two, then you uh, decide, oh, I think I'll have a third, then the fourth, you yeah. find out very quickly they're not that light. Yeah, the <laughs> so, Azaka will come but, up and uh, catch up to you quickly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no space theme on these ones, but the first ones we did. So, uh, still good, nonetheless. We are back here now uh, talking to you about our featured astronaut of the month. Um, That is astronaut John Young. And he, uh, unfortunately, uh, passed away just recently here uh, in the last couple of days. And um, he is among, um, of all the astronauts that have flown in space, he, he was the longest tenured astronaut with 42 years of service to NASA. Yep. Um, sad, sad news, but also, um, you know, it, I think it, it's one of those, you, you kind of know that this is this point in time is going to come where we have less and less of these men who have walked on the moon. And I think the ones that are still going um, continue to deliver the message of, you know, what Apollo was all about, um, the I guess the, you know, 
the miraculousness of actually landing on the moon and you know all the stories um, the things we left behind these are the guys that are still left that actually went which is a huge deal um, and we we lost uh, you know uh, one of the I think one of the best in my opinion um, yeah. I mean I think they're all um, you know top men but I think this guy was you know, along with um, Gene Cernan um, was these two were were special so um, definitely I think I think uh, we have to just keep appreciating this and uh, these guys and appreciating the the message that they have and and cherish them while they're still here with us um, because they're all getting up there in age and they're not going to be around forever so um, yep. definitely a, a good time to kind of celebrate a guy like this uh, his life and his legacy and um, you know I think it's once the day comes when there's not any we don't have any of those guys left it's going to be tough because we you know we'll only have the people who are passionate about it our family members of the astronauts that went there to actually deliver the message and get people fired up and luckily we have spacex like we just talked about earlier in the podcast that they're fueled up and they want to go and discover you know they want to go to the moon they want to go to mars all that kind of th stuff so it's a lot of new stuff coming but i think the the guys that actually went there and were on the moon it's um you know the, the days are numbered having them and i think it's you just have to definitely listen to their message and and cherish them so yeah definitely but yeah he he was an amazing man he was the only astronaut to actually have flown four types of spacecraft he flew the gemini module the apollo command module the Apollo Lunar Module, and the Space Shuttle, Space Shuttle Columbia. So yeah. that's amazing. Like, that, that is a huge tenure, and uh, that's a, he dedicated his whole life to, oh, yeah. to the space program. Um, yeah. And he was on Gemini 3, so it's like, that's a long time ago, all the yeah. way up until Space Shuttle Columbia. Um, pretty amazing. And he was on, I think, one of the, the most important missions to the moon, uh, Apollo 10, uh, where they tested the lunar module and redocking and all that. And I think that was, you know, along with, you know, Gene Cernan and um, Tom Stafford, I think that's that was one of the biggest. I mean, if that mission failed, then they weren't going to be able to actually make an attempt at landing on Apollo 11. So um, he's been a critical part um, throughout the whole space program in the early days of NASA up until the shuttle and then I, obviously he commanded Apollo 16 and landed on the moon um, yep. so that was I think uh, what a guy to have you know it, it, the personality is the biggest thing that like steps out to me with a lot of these guys I mean they're not just um, you know I mean obviously you have to be a little self-centered if you're a Apollo astronaut with your in regards to your life and your family because yeah. you have to dedicate you have to put you know going to the moon above your family and right. that's like a message that's been delivered like one of my favorite documentaries is in the shadow of the moon uh, is actually done by ron howard um he it really brings out the little little personality types of these uh these guys that actually went to the moon and um one of my favorite parts of the documentary is when they're talking about um you know what what it felt like and what it, the emotions at launch and all that on the Saturn V rocket, and Charlie Duke is saying, "Well, my heart rate was up, you know, in the 140s," and you know, it, John Young's 
ended up he said it was only like 74 or something mm-hmm. like that or you know or resting heart <laughs> yeah it was literally a resting heart rate going up and he said oh my my heart's too old to beat any faster it, you know he made a comment like that so just a i don't know just tough as nails mm-hmm. um the kind of guy that you would want to command a mission to the moon um you know dry sense of humor good guy to bring it down to earth as far as yeah. you know all right, yeah, you know, let's get this done. Let's, you know, share a laugh along the way. But um, obviously a huge part of the space program, so. Yeah, definitely. Another kind of funny part of his personality, which just adds to that, his character, his legacy, um, and celebrating his life. On Gemini 3, his first uh, mission, alongside fellow astronaut Gus Grissom, uh, Young was the first astronaut to ever get yelled at for bringing a, a sandwich into space. So, uh, <laughs> what kind of sandwich? A corned beef sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he actually, this is in kind of the early 1965 when Gemini three launched. Um, uh, upon return, he got yelled at by Congress for for bringing this um, unauthorized sandwich into the into the capsule. Uh, but just pretty hilarious, you know that. Uh, this guy's seen a lot of things, um, bringing a sandwich into the capsule and landing on the moon and piloting a space shuttle. So, yeah, just a, a really interesting human being, and uh, we're, we were lucky to have him for as long as we did, and have yep. him in you know documentaries like Shadow in the Shadow of the Moon, where there's a good a good amount of time there where he's he's among you know several astronauts that are being kind of you know, intermittently interviewed during that time, and uh, it's it's always he stands out in some ways, like like you were saying with Gene Cernan, yeah. um, as, as one of those guys that he he was special for sure. Yeah, they they all have like you know just kind of ba- based on you know the the things I've read and um, things I've watched, you know documentaries and all that kind of stuff. It's each one of them has their own special little asset that they brought to the table, which I think is you know the right stuff. You know t- you look at that whole book and you know what what they were getting at there is that each guy has something that they bring to the table that no one else has mm-hmm. and you know I, I think if you just based on listening to him talk on a documentary you can pick that up you can just pick up the little little bits and pieces that made them who they were and the right guys to go to the moon um so that's a huge thing. I mean, I, I'm excited for the the next generation that's going to travel to the moon and to Mars. I'm excited for those people, and the new, the new you know crop of astronauts that we have. Um, and I you know I more than respect the people that we have on the ISS right now, and it, it's awesome. But I think these guys have a totally different mentality yeah. and totally different outlook. You know, I, I just can't imagine being somebody, you know, one of 12 guys who's actually been on the surface of the moon mm-hmm. um, or a guy who who's orbited the moon or like I just, it has to change you as a yeah. human being. So to have, you know, well, we, we only have about five, left. five yeah. left now. So to have those guys is, you know, that that's a huge thing. Um, and a lot, something I think a lot of people take for granted. So yeah, and the and the two but, the two youngest remaining astronauts are Charlie Duke and uh, Harris, Harrison Schmidt at at age eighty. So they're both uh, they're both getting a little bit older, and, and it is uh, it's like you said, you know, it's we have to cherish the the time that they're they're here with us, and to know that they that these men um, were the first human beings to ever do this, 
Yeah, that's the thing is like you have guys go to the ISS, you have guys go to the moon maybe in in the next year or two. You have guys go to the guys in, in, men and women go to Mars in five plus years or whatever. Yeah, but they'll never be the first. Well, obviously the people going to Mars will be the first, but um, but for the moon and all that, these guys were the first. These are the true, you know, early day pioneers. You know, mm-hmm. you look at you know all the the great discoveries of you know the ancient discoveries and you know people finding and you know discovering the new worlds and all that kind of stuff. You know, or new. Yeah. That that's just the kind of thing, like these guys are those guys, and I right. think they should be looked at like that. You know, they yeah. they should be set, you know, and they should be on a high pedestal. And it it's one of those things I think people just take for granted now, and they because yeah. we haven't done it in so long, and I think it it gets taken out of history books a little too much. Um, it yeah. doesn't. There's not enough emphasis on it. So to have these guys still around is a big deal, and um, you know it's. This, his death and Cernan's death and all that, I think it kind of brings it into perspective. Like we're not going to have these guys forever, and we really need people to, yeah. Um, to you know, obviously we, like I said, we have the new frontier starting to Mars and all that. But um, the the Apollo program, um, those I think are the the first true, you know, pioneers as far as deep space and travel and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. And our yeah. You know, and our everyday culture uh, doesn't surely does not appreciate them as much as they deserve to be appreciated. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so although he's gone, uh, his legacy will will live on uh, forever in space space exploration history, um, and and his the work that he did um, with as many things as he did for for space uh, will inspire folks for a long long time. Yep. So, uh, rest in peace, John Watts Young, a legend. Cheers to you, sir. Yes. Uh, moving on to our, our, our last segment here, which is our interview with, with our friend John. Um, we'll go ahead and introduce John a little bit in, in, in the interview, but uh, the interview itself was actually recorded at a separate time. You'll notice, you'll notice that in my voice. I had a, my normal voice. Today I've got like a... Like a dusky voice, yeah, groggy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gro- groggy. Like I'm putting putting everyone that's listening to sleep uh, with my voice currently. But you'll notice that. Um, but it, it was a really great interview. We had a great time talking to John um, down here in the pub a couple a couple days ago. Yep. It, yeah, it was. Um, I think in a nutshell, just we wanted to get. Um, you know, our, our whole crew who went down to Hopkinsville, we wanted to get a story and just some memories. Um, and it, that's really what this was, is kind of just rekindling some memories and yeah. feelings that we had um, and really kind of go, sitting around a table just shooting the breeze about, you know, things that we remember and noticed. I mean, because there's a lot of stuff that if you, you know, it it's hard to kind of get all like the, the sensations of remembering all like uh, the feelings he had mm-hmm. uh, unless you're actually talking about it with other people who were there. So that's kind of the, the big thing with this is what we, we kind of just wanted to sit around and reminisce um, and just kind of pick his brain on his feelings of it. Cause he was, if you watched our video um, on YouTube um, of our, of our experience on the eclipse, he was one of the more vocal ones um, when it when it all happened, uh, totality happened and all that. So it yeah. was we definitely a good opportunity to sit with him and um, just kind of hang out and you know, like I said, just 
shoot the breeze and yeah. It was a fun, yeah. a fun interview. <laughs> yeah. He has an interesting perspective on some things too, like David's saying about, you know, we both had our, in our first episode of the podcast, it was our, I guess, interviewing each other really mm-hmm. about our experiences. And then we interviewed, um, your dad, my father-in-law, race, race chaser dad in, uh, in a latter episode about his experiences and everyone has their own little things, get excited about different aspects of it. Um, but John had his own experiences too. So many of which were similar, but some were unique. And um, to have that, it was really neat, yep. like you were saying. So uh, he's a really intelligent guy, really likes the the space stuff. He's been into it for a long time. It's, he's not someone that's uh, necessarily new to um, being interested in space, but he was. He, you, you'll hear in the interview about his... Uh, his passion being almost reignited by the, the total solar eclipse, which is mm-hmm. awesome, which is the embodiment of our podcast, really. Yeah, it's, so, why we're, it's why we're here. I mean, I think we mentioned that a little bit in uh, in the interview. It's just that, you know, that's kind of ignited this whole eclipse on tap experience. And, yeah, um, absolutely. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I'm excited. It's, it's a, it was a good little talk with him. And um, I think he, it meant a lot to, to have him here and talk to him and um he's kind of like i said he's he's the last one we wanted to really interview from our group um we'll have other interviews in the future yeah but we wanted to make sure we got uh the last uh last man mm-hmm. in our group yep. um you know and we definitely pick his brain a little bit so yeah there's you know there'll be other people we interview maybe they haven't seen the eclipse but even other friends of ours that that did see it there was a couple people that i know that that saw it we might bring on in the future but to have john on was great so uh we hope that you enjoy that interview with him and uh we'll see you next time see you Welcome back. Now we've got uh, a special interview with the last member of our group that went down to Hopkinsville, Kentucky to see the total solar eclipse on August 21st. Ooh, that was good. John? Hello, hello, hello. Go ahead and introduce yourself. John, last member of the uh, crew here. Happy to be joining you guys for this uh, breakdown of our experience that we had this summer, which was... I, uh, I would say pretty life-changing. Yes. Pretty, pretty uniquely spectacular experience. Worthy of starting a podcast. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like, like the last man on the moon, only we were the, you know, last men in the shadow of the moon. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. Yeah. The first people in our family to see the shadow. For, yeah, first people, yeah, to see the shadow. To bask in the... In yeah. the been kissed by the shadow yes. of the eclipse. We were Curse. the last ones to leave affordable dentures. I can tell yes. you. We were. Yeah. We made our mark on that place. <laughs> we did. Yeah. I can't wait to go back there someday. Yeah. Um, but so we talked, David and I talked about our eclipse experience in the first episode of this podcast. Um, in the second episode, we talked to the third member, which was my father-in-law, David's dad, race chaser dad. Uh, but now we're catching up with John here. And um, so we'll just kind of, this will be a casual interview here where we we'll just get his point of view from, from what he saw. Um, so 
first of all, what was your what was your thoughts about that last minute like uh, change, the hot route that we took from planning so heavily a week or so in advance to go to Carbondale and then just being like, whoop, going to Hopkinsville. Well, I liked that. <clears throat> I liked how fluid we kept everything. I thought that we were sort of as mentally prepared to experience totality to its fullest extent as we could have been. You know, we all knew we, we didn't book hotels. Right. We were all sort of in there with the same mentality of saying, hey, if we have to sleep in the car, you know, we'll do this. I think that I was pretty, I was pretty happy with how we set it up where, um, you know, all the way up until a couple hours before we could take off and change plans to make sure that we didn't end up, uh, you know, getting rained out or having it clouded over. Yeah, that would have been the worst. That's what we talked about quite a bit. That's kind of what you had to do. I think yeah. in looking back, I just, you know, looking back at old at videos on um, YouTube from, like, Weather Channel did a whole thing, and they had people stationed throughout the whole country. Yeah. They even had somebody out in the Atlantic Ocean on a, just like a, you know, vacation <laughs> ship, kind of cruise ship, and they even had clouds out there, but... In Carbondale, the people they had stationed at this football field, it was mm-hmm. overcast and they couldn't even see it. And I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, shit, that would have been bad. <laughs> like, that would have been so bad. I'm, yeah. I'm really, I preferred our experience over going somewhere where it was so commercialized and we would have been surrounded by tens of thousands of people yeah. and, you know, dealing with the circus that would have been that versus this felt more like back in the days before it was you know before it's capable being tracked like you stop what you're doing and just look up yeah it's like what is happening a little more grassroots like there was some we talked about that in the first one how they, they they had it catered well to the event but it wasn't like carbondale where they're carbondale is like way over the top with it which is fine, but it's for almost like a different audience. Like yeah, and it, it almost turns it into a party versus yeah, yeah. versus a focal point for <clears throat> I hate to say scientific event, but it I felt like Carbondale would, was much more like hey yeah come here and bring a lot of money. Yeah, like go to, you're going yeah. to like the state fair. Yeah, that's what I got the vibe from with the Carbondale stuff was, and you know, I think I think that had a lot. I mean. When's the last time? Like, what was it? A hundred years, mm-hmm. and it, since that's happened across the whole U.S., yeah. so I think naturally each town in the path of totality is going to have that excitement, and they're going to amp it up, and they're going to try to get people to go, and you know, which is, and I think, but I, you know, like you guys said, I think it was more. Um, I like the small town feel. I, I know, like most of the towns along the path are small, you know, tiny little towns, but. I kind of liked it. It was, I thought it was pretty cool. We found our little spot. It, not a ton of people around initially. Made it a little bit more, you know, for what we, for where we were and how far we drove, made it, I think, the best possible spot. I loved the adventure know. of it. Yeah. The adventure aspect. Instead of feeling like you're going to a place where, all right, buy the ticket, you can park here, right. walk here to see this event. It was just the four of us in a car being like, 
Let's get away from people. Does this look good? This is yeah. a cool spot. We can set this up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this place yeah. is charging $30 for parking. Let's drive a little further down <laughs> like, the drive. Literally a quarter mile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ne- yeah, the next yeah. driveway. You just take that. Shout out to Affordable Dentures. Yes. Um, <laughs> once again. Once again. Putting them on the we, map. <laughs> we even talked about we've talked about going back down to uh, all of the my Casey Jones care. distillery. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. putting all my dental care. care. No. And uh, and getting another bottle of the uh, Eclipse moonshine that was a that was a lucky find like that was um you know i thought that that our little trip to what was it dick's drive-in yeah yeah, dick's drive was uh like it's the it's the small town organic stuff like that that i would take that memory over manufactured come on in get your hat and your uh, and your and your wristband and get everything set up and then here you go. Yeah. Like I love that we just found that little local liquor store and they're like, yeah. oh yeah, by the way, here's a you know you got bottles yeah. of this for sale and it was the last one. Right? It was the last one. Yeah. yeah, it was just a pint, but um, that was perfect for the four of us. Any more yeah. would have been. We crushed uh, it. We crushed it like <laughs> really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I was shaking like a leaf after you know the whole you know totality. The eclipse was still going on when we were finishing that up, but. It, yeah, yeah, after totality, I but was I, like, yeah, I, I, I was, the adrenaline a, was going. I got a great <laughs> picture of you just staring at the ground, scraping yeah, that's your head, a good one. just being like, "What did what did I just experience?" Yeah, I mean, and that kind of brings me into my question. Um, you know, we talked about in our the first podcast, just you know, what were you, what were we expecting going down there? And like for me, you know, I've been into astronomy for you know since I was a little kid, just because of my dad, but I didn't really. I wasn't prepared, and I, I, you know, on purpose, I didn't want to look, and, and, I mean, I saw pictures online of what totality looked like, but, you know, I know astronomy is a big interest of yours. What were you expecting when you were going down there, like, as far as the feeling you were going to have when you saw that, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I did the same thing. I, I purposely tried to avoid looking up videos or pictures um specifically you know or like googling what to expect how dark is it going to get what happens here um i watched uh one of the youtube videos the smarter every day um i like that guy's uh youtube playlist but um i watched that just for things to take notice of um to be vigilant of instead of just staring directly although it's one of those things where i could repeat that experience a dozen times and spend the entire time focusing on a different aspect and wouldn't feel like the time is wasted yeah i mean like i don't know how many yeah you know that's definitely one of those experiences where you see it and you don't think to yourself all right well experience that that was good yeah yeah. like you definitely mark that off the bucket list yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) while 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 you definitely can yeah you know, I definitely see why people chase those yeah. because yeah. there's so many aspects to it's it. It's not a yeah. one and done. Yeah, you want yeah, you're, exactly. it's actually like leaving you craving like to go see another one. You know, yeah. when you see one, you're like, I need to see that again. Yeah, because yeah. there's there's things in my memory that I just want further clarification. Yes. And my brain's yes. just yeah. yeah, my brain's just like pay more, do this again, but pay more attention to it in this. Yeah. Step, you know, with yeah. regards to this. Yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> You know, one of the things that I loved was just the whole adventure of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
you know, it's been crazy. We talked about this. Your dad and I have been, Race Chase dad has been talking, and I have been talking about that for literally t- over t- between two and three years. Oh, yeah. you know, there's going to be a big eclipse in <clears throat> 2017, and we should go down and, you know, see that. And being a bartender in my head, you know, I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. But in my head, I was like, I have no idea where I'm going to be eight months from now. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then the time kept creeping closer and closer, and it became more of a reality. And, uh, it was just a, it was a great experience. It felt like, you know, so often I feel like we're relegated to experiencing global, and in this case, celestial events from like books or magazines or the internet now. Yeah. But to, to actually take part in, to be part of that was awesome and awe-inspiring. So, you know, I think that that cemented you know, I don't just remember the eclipse. I remember the whole experience. I remember yeah. us setting up for it. Like, you know, it's, the yeah. whole thing was a pretty um, flash. The whole thing was a, quite a flashbulb memory for me. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the setting up part was uh, was a, such a fun time. Just like the build up, And there's that period where the partial starts. We talked about this a little bit in the first episode. But the partial gets going and you're like blown away by seeing that little sliver of the moon cross. Um, did you feel like that excitement stayed all the way to totality or did you start to feel like a little antsy or what were you feeling the second or not the second, but like the, the hour, I guess, leading up to that totality event? I, I really want, I wish that I could have, and this relates back to what we said earlier about how once isn't enough, but I just remember thinking, Ooh, I wish I could slow time down right now. Um, you know, and that's one of those. I think that it definitely lived up to the hype, you know, with regards where, you know, you spent all this time planning and we've talked about it for so long and you went down and do it. And there's some things you're like, oh, that, that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas this was one of those things where it, it, it just kept building and it never, it didn't disappoint at all. How many times, how many different points while we were entering totality did we all look at each other and be like, Oh, we either need to look in the scope or we're looking around us. Um, temperatures change, you know, like all that stuff would have been <clears throat> fun to pause and explore in its own right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the my favorite part, I think, was that experience when even between being in 99.9% totality. And then that second when it just clicks in and mm-hmm. 100% totality and w- totality happens. And you just heard everybody that was around us, everybody just makes the same at the same time, unprompted, just, oh. Yeah. Because it's like turning out a light. Like everything changes. And that I could stretch out for hours yeah. and never get yeah. bored. Um, just the whole experience was great, but the image of the image of totality is something that I will never forget and that I would be fortunate to ever experience again. I think that was absolutely awe inspiring, I would say. For sure. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think it was uh one of those moments and like time kind of freezes a little bit because I, yeah. I I go and I, I watch our video again and again and it seems like it actually, you know, goes by pretty quickly it seems like mm-hmm. it was longer in, in reality yeah 
I don't know. Um, it was just. Uh, I know exactly just, what you're saying. Yeah. Like those. Sometimes you go. <clears throat> you can go hours without your brain sort of committing what you're experiencing to hard coding it to memory. And in those three minutes, it's like your brain was working overdrive to, to store and remember everything you're experiencing. So you go to unpack that and it's like, well, that felt like in my head, that felt like, like 20, 30 minutes worth of memories. Yeah. Just that three minutes while we were in totality. Yeah. Your brain's just racing to take everything in. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, we have the video we've referenced on the GoPro, and you have that funny moment, right, when it hits the tail, yeah. you kind of jump in the air. But what kind of getting what to what you're saying is, like, the GoPro is, like, this static thing, and it's, like, it's on my head, so it's moving around, but it's looking right where it's going. But my eyes are moving around, and they're catching all these other yeah. little things and yeah. stuff. And, like, that's the thing. It's, like, you can watch the YouTube video. If somebody even had, like, a drone, or a GoPro or everything combined, you still, you have to see it through your own eyes. It doesn't encapsulate the experience. Yeah. It's just, that's the, that's the beauty of the event, I think, in it being so rare. And so, so many people saw it this time, which was great. And we, this podcast is obviously in some ways intended to increase the awareness for the next one. But just being one of the the four of our crew, you know, and coming back and people are like, oh yeah, I saw your photo on Instagram or whatever. Like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I like, cool. <laughs> that, you, know, um, you know, that I would like to, uh, you know, give credit for. I know I've said this to you um, in private multiple times, but I was just saying this before you showed up. Is that I would stack. One of the things that I'm very fortunate for is I would stack our footage and photographs against you know, anybody mm. else's that we've seen yeah. in terms of um, quality and situation. Like, sure, you know, some people went out to the mountains in Colorado and have might have a prettier backdrop or this or that, but in terms of your capturing of the phases and your work to put all those things together, like, it just makes you feel good. You see that and you're like, well, yeah, I've seen that. It turned out, yeah. yeah. Turned out yeah. well. Yeah, that, that was nice to have that, to have that, um, like I wouldn't have been disappointed if we didn't get one, if we didn't get a good photo, I would have been like wanting it that even probably even that much more to go see it again, but I would have been like, that's okay. You know, like I wasn't expecting it, but to have it was like just that there, extra level of, and not something. only that, but the fact that, you know, there were people that took thousands of dollars worth of equipment and mm-hmm. planning and you know set up and training to capture images equivalent to like what we were able to get with just you know we snipped the your camera was able to capture that picture we just snipped out one of those lenses mm-hmm. ta- literally taped it in yeah, front yeah. of the camera <laughs> that was and the, yeah. achieved the same <laughs> images that i'm sure that some people with super expensive filters and high quality, you know, absolutely incredibly quality yeah. lenses captured for the same effect, like maybe marginally better within, um, like photo editing. But yeah. I mean, geez, it's fantastic. Yeah. That was, yeah. that's funny. We haven't talked about that before, but yeah. leading up, we've talked about our, uh, like not being prepared with the, the, or the, uh, yeah. shades yeah. and how we were fortunate that Hopkinsville had all the extras laying around. And that was just like a big relief. But, going to Best Buy the night before and looking for like the special camera filter 
because online everyone's like, you need one. Like, if you're trying to do the partial, your lens is gonna fry and all, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And then we just do that. Like, we literally just, <laughs> just the last it. second, just Genius. cut it out and taped it. That was, cut, cut that was the eclipse shades out and just for like a dollar. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It just that was like the that kind of epitomizes our like grassroots approach to this whole adventure. Just like, yeah, we, all right, this we're doing this. But we were one of the only ones with a telescope with a filter on That's it. That's true. That we had a line of people. We yeah. were. <laughs> Race chaser dad was very prepared yeah. in that regard. Yeah. As far as like that part of our trip. Yeah, that that was that was prime. Just to have that, you know, when first contact and all that, you know, the very beginning, that was pretty sweet to have yeah. that there, and you could see, you know, sunspots and all that kind of thing. But um, well, it made the lead up so much more. Yeah. So much more interesting because you could look at so many different aspects of it. Yeah, like yeah. being able to see the sunspots and just checking on it because that first half an hour, if you didn't have I mean, even with the protective glasses, it's not the same as being able to see it through um, that six-inch scope. Yeah, it doesn't give the same, you know, the color is different, Clar you know, clarity is a little obviously different because you're looking through a scope, but I felt, even looking through those glasses we had, I thought it was actually kind of hard on my eyes, like, to oh, still yeah. look up and For sure. you could tell, like, it was... You know, you still had to adjust to it because it was, is the sun. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I think that was probably the coolest thing. But we had being going able, for us. yeah, in totality, being yeah. able to take those glasses off and stare at so, the yeah. sun directly was. But it's amazing. I, it's one of those. Uh, like I, Gene Cernan has his uh, documentary, he his latest documentary, Last Man on the Moon, has this little. Like little section where he says, you know, I just wanted to. It's him standing on the moon, looking back at Earth, and he wanted to just. He wished he could have taken it home with him, put it in his pocket, and then took it out and shown everybody. Mm -hmm. That's what it looked yeah. like. That's what it felt like. To me, I not sound like all cheesy, and I wasn't standing on the surface of the moon, but I was standing in the shadow of the moon yep. <laughs> in Hopkinsville at Affordable Dentures, <laughs> and it's one of those. Like I have friends, and I have you know family who you know they think it's cool they saw our pictures and all that kind of stuff but i wish i i could literally take it and that and show them like this is what yeah. it was like yeah. to stand at 1 30 in the afternoon in darkness yeah with a 360 horizon and you know hopefully they can see it in 2024 hopefully they, they you know we they're able to do that but you know pe even people here what do we have like 90 some percent 96 or 7 90, or, yeah. yeah so and everyone was kind of like, yeah, I didn't see what the big deal was. Oh, man. And I'm just, I, it just, oh, it just hurts my brain just to yeah. hear. <laughs> that will be one fun thing about the it being fortunate we have one coming up relatively soon is that we will have the extra additional, like, level of um, excitement watching other people. Yeah. Because, like, I'm still going to be, like, obviously focused right on totality when totality hits. But, like, the build-up and everything, I can't wait. No, but I think, yeah, not only that, but, um, you know, one of the beautiful things, like, you know, you just described is you, everybody wants to, you know, ha have, like, a witness their life of what they're experiencing and somebody to share that with. And it's sort of like 
going to be like showing your favorite movie to a friend of yours. Yeah. And like yeah. when they, you just, get, you just want to look at them and be yeah. like, here come, here it comes. Let's see what their yeah. reaction is. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. I know, I remember what this felt like. Yeah. 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 It be, won't be like when you find like a YouTube video you think is funny and then you share it with someone and they're like, this isn't yeah, very this funny. Isn't funny. It's yeah. going to be the exact opposite. Yeah. It'll yeah. actually be like, you have no idea what's coming. They'll find yeah. it 10 more, yeah. 10 times more hilarious than even you did. But in this case more, yeah. you're about to shit yourself. <laughs> Three, two, one. What? Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. I can't wait for that moment. Like yeah. with people we're close to too. You know, just watching it. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and and that you know you never know. Might have a kid of your own uh, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so might have a tyke. Yeah, a little tyke running around on a. You know who knows what. Yeah. We'll see. That would. That's weird to think about. That's. Uh, It'd be interesting to see what happens with. Um, with especially um, video capturing is is progressing so quickly nowadays mm. with 360 cameras and yeah. VR. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that the um, the Gear 360 right now out by Samsung has the ability to record 360 degree video, and then not only that, while you're doing that, but then it can you can then later relive it through um, a VR headset. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So imagine, you know, setting that up next yeah. time, and I'm sure yeah. technology will be even more advanced, then you can literally be able to pause and look around and take in that moment even more. Yeah. yeah. And shoot, what are we going to have, like, over four minutes for mm-hmm. 2024 as, for totality? Double. So, and the path of totality is stupid wide for that, too. So it's, you know, compared to ours, where ours was extremely narrow as one we, of the smallest yeah, one ever, of the smallest actually, yeah. so but I didn't you know, know even being 70 yeah. uh, roughly 70 miles wide it was still one of the smallest but so four minutes something like that ballpark mm-hmm. something you know depending on where you are but it'll be a good one yeah i think that yeah. that'll be uh the technology that we ha- that we will have to capture and then relive that should be pretty exciting yeah because you figure Within seven years, 360 cameras should, will be like... And the resolution yeah. on that will yeah. like exponentially increase. 8K, 12K, <laughs> something crazy. It'll be super fancy, and it'll be really, really cheap, hopefully, at that point, for like that type and the of ability, camera. Yeah, and the ability to stop and then zoom in on those different aspects. And I would, I would yeah. guess that it won't be... <clears throat> you know, we look at what the state of active VR right now is similar i would compare it to like like the nintendo 64 Mm. back in the day Mm. and you know you compare that to the playstation 4 we have now yeah so we're just at the birth of vr and so seven years is a long time. seven years is a long time especially with how quickly the tech field is yeah that's like a really long time for the tech field it should be good well you're you're welcome to come to patagonia with us um 2019 making the 2019 july 2nd to uh, you know, that that's just kind of like a to get our fix before you know the twenty twenty four. Yeah, we're like kind addicts a, now. You know? Yeah, <laughs> oh, uh, I don't blame you. So it'll that one will be about the same, two minutes forty seconds. Um, but we might need to acquire a three sixty camera for that. I think GoPro Possibly. just came out with one, didn't they? Like the mm-hmm. GoPro yeah. has one now too, and Samsung obviously was one of the frontiers <coughs> with the 360 thing. Yeah, and that just makes that just makes the um, conversion easy since all of the uh, 
it's all made by Samsung, mm -hmm. so it's pretty much plug and play. So yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna just be like you'll see them pop on out all over the place now. Yeah, and then Apple will make one, and it'll be like three thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> Apple, Apple, release something for a thousand dollars that Samsung did five years ago for mm -hmm. ninety nine bucks. The Apple iWorld. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. One thing I was going to ask you, John, about was, um, we got a little into this, but not fully. David and I talked about um, when we were like, driving down there, there was like a sliver in my head that was like, this isn't going to happen. Like, this is too, like, everything needs to line up just right. Like, we're, this is a fun trip, like, with four of us dudes going down here and stuff, and we're going to, like, remember it, whatever, but it's not going to really... It won't pan out fully with the eclipse. Where, did right. you think that ever? Um, I mean, I had my, of, of course, I, I had my doubts. Um, but tracking with the amount of prep work that we did, I was, and the amount of flexibility and gusto that we all had, where we were all pretty much on the same page of like, look, we're gonna do whatever it takes. Right. Um, you know, and then with Race Chaser Dad in the helm, I was pretty confident that if there if there was an opportunity for us to experience it, we were going to be able to capitalize on it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was definitely a little bit nervous in some regards. You know, you're always wondering. Uh, you know, you think you try and prepare, but you're wondering if you're preparing like everybody else. We're going to go out, and there's going to be gridlock traffic, or yeah, yeah, or you know, big front just unexpectedly comes through or if there was going to be problems when we got to the town if we were just going to have to pull over to the side of the road I was thinking but that too yeah. I almost thought that that's what yeah. we would have had to do the, the traffic out of Hopkinsville after was, was <laughs> as expected yeah. but going in wasn't as bad as we thought no. there was a period where I was like thinking we're seriously going to have to pull on the side of the highway and, well, and yeah. look at this and one of the things that I had read before we went down was was similar to what we experienced where people were like no um given the day that it's on and this you know people's preparation i wouldn't worry about getting there it's going to be leaving that's going to mm -hmm. gridlock everything and i was just blown away by the sheer the sheer amount of traffic that we experienced leaving because you know coming in we're like oh this is fine this is mm. a small little town whatever sure there were some there were some parking lots that were filled and stuff but just the mass exodus, and we, yes. you know, and we were on the back, the, the craziest back roads. roads that we could find, yeah. and it was still, which is what everyone ridiculous. else's Google Maps was doing, you know, everyone yeah. else's Google Maps was yeah. directing them off that. But I, you know, one of the things I we talked about this already, but I found really, you know, kind of crazy was that, you know, there were some groups there. I mean, we got there really early in the morning. We left at the crack of dawn. You know, stopped, got some a couple gallons of water and whatever. We we planned on not finding any food, so we grabbed Cliff Bars to eat for lunch. But once we got there, we had, there was some people there. I mean, it was actually you know kind of hopping once we got there. But really, the majority of the people who showed up wasn't till like just before totality, mm -hmm. which I found was. I mean, I, I know like I mean, you know, the everyday person, you know. Yeah, they got you know maybe they have stuff going on or that you know they don't they don't care about the there's a lot you of know, partial, but you know I just thought you know if you're showing up for totality then you've got 
you've got a decent amount of interest in this. So I thought that was kind of weird. And then everyone pieced out immediately after totality. Mm-hmm. We were the only, you know, there was maybe probably 15 people left in that yeah. little area that we were in to, uh, to watch the rest of the eclipse and hang out. But, you know, you know, it was, you, we were right next to a highway. You look over, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't eight, 10 minutes after totality and it was a parking lot out there. So, but that's I thought a, that was kind of. That's another thing that, you know, relating back to wishing you could go in and freeze and look at different aspects because one of the things that I have no memory of that I wasn't paying attention to was, yeah, we were right next to the freeway. But I didn't even take any time to look if there were some people that are just like, I don't care. Just turn yeah. on my lights, keep yeah. driving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or if, if, if traffic actually stopped. Like, I have no recollection of what traffic did. And we were, you know, we were not right next to the freeway, but. Yeah. You could definitely think, within I, seeing it. Yeah, I, definitely, definitely. I glanced over and there were. There were, I mean, there was like semis with lights on. I glanced over, but yeah, I think I saw was, a semi or two. With yeah, the I didn't see on. a ton of cars though. I don't. I didn't. You know, yeah. I guess we could look back at the video, but no. I mean, it was at, during that whole time, I was just kind of fumbling around to take it all in what I could in that two minutes. You and know, ingen- but, yeah. yeah, and the ingenuity of some people, like heck, we were there and a cherry. Somebody showed up with a cherry picker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, I think the cherry yeah. picker was one of the like the one of the last ones to get there too. Yeah, yeah. I'm like Jesus. Like there was a couple, <laughs> yeah, a couple cars, and then you remember that big. Uh, the big RV camper that just drove yeah. right, right out right into the, the grass. <laughs> we're all we're all like, should we should we like go on the grass at all? Like, can we walk on the grass? Yeah, yeah. And there's one guy was just like, yeah. screw it. Yeah. Well, when we when we first showed up there, it was like we were hiding back there. We thought yeah. the cops were gonna get called on. Yeah. What, yeah, or, you know, the, or that you know, I remember we're seeing that cop car come down and be like, oh, is, this, is he about to be like, nah, you got to go to the place where you pay twenty five yeah. bucks. Yeah. To, no. That's what yeah. we were thinking. We we're like, hey, well, there was no rope. Like, no, affordable dentures. It was just meant to be. And but yeah. said, it definitely people were. Like, there was a lot of people on time schedules. Like, yeah, like as soon as totality ended, yeah, people were like, all right, sweet, started getting up. And then one of the things that uh, Race Chase Dad pointed out was that uh, that airport right nearby just was cruising out. Oh planes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was and like that, one every 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, they must have had that runway stock to be like, all right, we're out. Well, that's the other thing is you could see, you know, full on. I mean, it was like right after totality, you could see all the trails from all the planes, like yeah. right across the sky. It was kind of, it was pretty crazy. I mean, would have been pretty sweet. I mean, I know I saw a couple of videos. Alaska Airlines had some, had some actual passenger jets up there and mm-hmm. that would have been pretty cool but we uh we we stood it out in the uh, 90 degrees 95 degrees and oh, yeah, I it was the, hot. the sign the affordable denture sign was probably the best thing that ever happened to us <laughs> yeah we just followed the, one, the sign the only around one, yeah the <laughs> only it around for shade, shade. but yeah, ate, ate a walmart sandwich and <laughs> yeah called yeah. it good yeah we got i mean that's like exactly what I would want it to be. And then you look at those people that came in at the last second. Like, it doesn't matter if you have kids. Or whatever. Like, there's no excuse for that. As an eclipse chaser, you got to be there. You got to be no. there for, like, at least get there, like, 30 minutes before or something. You, 
if not to see the second to see the moon start eclipsing the sun is like amazing in its own right yeah right. yeah but well you were saying there was just so many it wasn't just totality like the build-up that last the five minutes before was crazy why you know listening to the birds get quiet yeah and the stillness and you know when you're switching back between shades and no shades and when your brain is just like hey it's like getting dark it feels yeah. like dusk and um I didn't realize the subconscious effect that your circadian rhythm has on you when you're looking around. Like my part of my brain just goes, "Oh, yep, it's nighttime," mm-hmm. and that like that the in the internal conflict that that causes, like just on a subconscious level, is you never see that happening until it's sunset. Yep. And so yep. your brain, you know, part of your brain just goes, all right, sunset, like, let's go into our night routine. Yeah. And then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's two, you know, it's yeah. one in the afternoon or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. yeah, I get that feeling. Like, if it's sun, if the sun is setting, your brain almost takes it as like, okay, well, for me at least, it's almost like, okay, the day is almost done. And in some ways, it's almost like if you're having a really good day, it's like, oh, hmm, like you maybe went out for a good bike ride or something. You're like, oh, bummer, the sun's going down. Yeah. And you're like you kind of just feel that like uh it's it's going going away. That's I, I agree. That's what I felt like too for a split second. Yeah, you have to that feeling of those autonomous routines that you never think about on a daily basis clicking in at the wrong time mm-hmm. and being like, "Ooh, wait, no, it's only new." <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like something you're you're fully expecting to happen, but then like in this case, it just gets, it's like confusing. You're like, you know, we're, we're all expecting it to happen. We're all expecting it to get dim. And that's like, to me, that's what it felt like. It was like a dim feeling. It was not really like sunset, but it was just kind of like you put over, you put like a dark orange shade over your mm-hmm. eyes yeah. or something like that. It was just a real weird, weird, eerie type. Eerie is a good yeah. way of putting it. But, but eerie and with... A very positive connotation. Yeah, to it. yeah. Eerie, just with excitement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, life changing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad. I am very glad that um, I got to experience that with you guys. Like that's one of those things where I feel like um, to experience by yourself would be sort of anxiety inducing because you're like, how do I? explain this to another person yeah you know yeah. like how do i explain something so <clears throat> profound and amazing to somebody who's never seen it you know like like that's what you know you, you guys had mentioned that earlier in the podcast about how um like the not the excitement of showing somebody in 2024 who's seen it but just really um saying how do you transfer that experience to somebody else who hasn't experienced it like there's it's too much to unpack like you can't like words it's hard for words to do justice to what that experience is like because it's like a it's like a spiritual experience i think Mm -hmm. it's one of those experiences in life where you know it, it might only happen once in your life it in, yeah. in most cases, it doesn't happen. And, and some you know, yeah, for and, a lot of people, all. that never will happen. And, yeah, you want to, yeah, like I said, you, you want to just take it, put it in your pocket, and bring it home and show them, you know, yeah. this, this is what it is. This is what it was like, because I don't think any, 
you know, my one of my biggest things is that no one gives a crap about that kind of stuff. Like everyday people, they live in their little bubble. They, you know, they they do what they do, and you know, that's that's that. And they're more into you know taking selfies on Instagram than yeah. you know the universe and all this kind of stuff. And I think mostly because they're just so used to seeing the moon in the night sky and they're so used to seeing this you know the they sun sort of and extrapolate what it oh yeah i can imagine yeah, what that would look like yeah. i've seen both of those things i can know what it looks like together yeah and no. they, i think i think having the moon and the sun cross paths like that and it getting dark it just it stimulates so many senses that people i you know there's just people like people on weather channel and all that kind of stuff nasa all those feeds Half the time, the people that they had stationed in different areas were ended up like crying during the whole thing. Right. That and they, you know, most of them were like, "Hey, I'm not a crier, but I'm like, I can't help it right now." Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things you want to give that experience to people who, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. You just get in your everyday life and you just don't even care and you don't, you know, it's whatever. And oh yeah, we got people on a space station. Oh yeah, there's, you know, we're in a little solar. No one really cares. I mean, but it's just, it's like, you think you understand, yeah. but it's like, this is one of those yeah. opportunities that allows you to slow down and actually yeah. begin to unpack the reality of the immensity of what that means and what it is that you're experiencing. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, going up to this, I'd seen hundreds of pictures of, you know, the, the diamond ring and, you know, the eclipse and what a total, you know, what a, what being in totality looks like in photographs. But that's what, you know, when I just came in, I was showing you guys, um, you know, they're like, this is what it looks like to the visible eye. And this is what it would look like, um, with an HDR filter on it. And I'm like, well, what I experienced looked more like that HDR filter. Like nothing prepared me for, I I thought, I didn't think that it would look like that, you know what I mean, to the naked eye, you know, I had inklings and I had hopes, but when it actually looked like the most blown up professional picture that you've ever seen with all the filters adjusted and everything like that, the fact that it not only looked like that, but almost a little bit better Mm -hmm. than the guy was just mind-blowing, like actually seeing the corona of the sun shifting and changing and seeing those like the tendrils of it yeah like it's the equivalent of seeing the aurora in pictures and then actually seeing it in real life Mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah Yeah, i I was i i think going in i thought it was going to look like what our gopro caught it as which gopro caught it as what i would expect it kind of like it's such a big like bird's eye or uh sorry fisheye like almost fisheye lens that you're catching this little glimpse of it and it's probably overexposed and it's not meant to capture it. That's what I thought I was going to see with my eyes. Yeah, it was yeah. like this little dot. Okay, that's the moon. And then it's like really bright. No, but it's, it's, I know exactly what you're talking about because that's something I hadn't thought about. But when I think back, when I access that memory, I see like a blown up version of mm-hmm. it, you know, like yeah. being able to just stare at it with your, with your bare eyes. Yeah. Dead on without having to look away was... Oof, that was cool. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. It's like the guys who went to the moon, I can't imagine. It's the same thing for them, you know, like seeing Earth from the moon or, you know, like Jim Lovell being able to cover the Earth up with his thumb mm-hmm. when they were orbiting on, on Apollo 8, you know. I cannot, I, like, I just can't fathom being able to see that and, you know, actually have experienced that 
view and that image, and that's this is the closest thing I have to that is being able to see a total you know total yeah. eclipse, and you know that's just that's the closest thing I can compare to it you know what it must feel like and that mm-hmm. some an experience that you know I have that not many other people have you know thankfully it went across the whole U.S. and a lot of people are able to experience it but. Well, I know one of the things, I can't remember the the psychological term for it, but it is relegated primarily to astronauts, and it's the phenomena of um, the the diametric change that it has on a person's um, psyche to see the Earth from above. Like, that's that's Mm -hmm. an experience unique to astronauts, but they're like, the perspective shift that it offers, mm. um, you know, is is the very definition of a life-changing experience. Like, it's changed fundamentally how they view humanity and how they view day-to-day problems and how small everything, like, how that urge that um, astronauts have conveyed of being like I just wish that everybody could see this like yeah. if you could see this this would change everything absolutely and the in the eclipse being almost like maybe a little sliver of that feeling yeah and that's what yeah. it, and to me it sparked that like that just desire of like oh how amazing would it be to be in it like it reignited that that my love of space and mm-hmm. all things cosmic you know yeah, yeah, I yeah, think well, we, we same, feel the same. Yeah, yeah, same with us. I mean, that's why we're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> so it started. It know. started out being like the first episode, just talking about eclipses. But then we, it's like what we say, you know, eclipses, and we talk about other space things too. It's just it reignites the whole thing that all of us had maybe at different points in life, like little spurts of like, oh yeah, I was really into this for a while, and then maybe kind of went away. But then I came back into it, and then it went away. Now it's like okay. I saw the eclipse, and this is more of like a I'm I'm into this now. now it's forever. personal, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's personal, and it's more permanent. It's yeah. not like a phase. It's right. not like okay, I went to space camp, and I'm into this for a couple of years, and then okay, normal, you know, high school, whatever. No, this is like, yeah, yeah, just. And I think we like you might agree with us on this one too, because I know David and I both agree. I'm so fortunate that we saw it like at the age we did. Because, like, it'd be cool to see the total solar eclipse when you're, like, 8 years old or something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when you're 80 years old. But to see it, like, we're still... We're in the prime. when you can, Yeah, exactly. Or, or when you can really appreciate it. Yes. Like, I'm glad that... Like, yeah, sure, it would have been cool to see it when you're 16. But part of your head might be like, oh, oh like, are there any girls around? Or like, <laughs> yeah. should I, should, is there something, like, how should I be being cool right now right. so that I impress this girl that I'm with? And it's nice to see it at this age because with, with a decent amount of, you know, science background and interest and knowledge, you know, the, the weight of what you're seeing, you can actually be in that moment and appreciate, like, the insanity of what you're seeing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it doesn't really even matter if you're, like, honestly super into you know astronomy or anything like that because i mean take the guy that we met for example uh, yeah. he just kind yeah, of he just kind of <laughs> drove up there on a on a you know whatever hey let's just i'm gonna take this I day off of work and yeah i'll gonna, just head up it's only two hours away I'll head yeah up so he he drove up and he was the, one of the most vocal during the eclipse 
that I I heard. I mean, it was like he's sitting over there just in total (laughs) shock and awe. And he's like laughing. I remember, you know, when he looked through the telescope, I just remember the look on his face of being like, I did not know it was going to look like that. Yeah, yeah. Which, that's just, I don't know, that makes me smile, just knowing a guy like that, you know. And now we just, we his his life is, you know, from what I can tell, I mean, it's it's going to change. I mean, he's into astronomy now. He's shopping around for telescopes. telescopes. I think he, he told Matt that because you sent yeah. him pictures or something yeah, like I that. Did. So, yeah. you know. I think it's made anytime I love that when somebody is so overwhelmed with something new that all they can do is laugh. Yeah. I love seeing that, you know. Yeah. Where just that being lost in the moment. Like, yeah. I feel like the older you get, the more the, the harder you can get and the less things impress you. Yeah. But you sort of, that was a great moment that made you feel like a kid again. Yeah. Where yeah. we're all looking around and we're like, what is going on? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. yeah. This is insane. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you feel you can like you hear that on the video too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you feel like your life has become jaded, you're like going to see movies and every movie just sucks. Yeah. It's like this go it's see like, the I eclipse. I know how this is going to Yeah, end, yeah. Dude. Go see the eclipse and you will be no longer jaded. Make yeah. plans for either 2019 or 2024 or wherever you are, wherever you're at, make it a priority because it will change things. Yes, well, not, not only that, but you know, make it a priority to try to you know, even get like a cheap telescope and mm-hmm. you know do something. Go out in the middle of nowhere, field somewhere, farm field, and get away from as much light pollution as you can, and you know try to look up, do that kind of thing. That's our kind of our overall message. But yeah, yeah. This summer we definitely have to make plans for uh, the dark sky park. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've gotten a so. chance to go there a couple times. I think so. It is prime. Yeah, it's it's a good spot too because like being in Michigan, it's close for us. It's um, just south of the Mackinac Bridge, mm-hmm. so it's only about um, I think it's about a three hour drive or four maybe at most. Totally, mm-hmm. um, totally fine. And it's one of those things where it's just like it kind of almost reminds me of like a little mini like what we experienced with Hopkinsville. It's not like you go there and you like check in. And you have to get a ticket, and you go, like, get your little stadium seat. Yeah. And you, it's just a park. Like, it's yeah. just, like, a lakeshore. It's right on, like, one of the little peninsulas of Lake Michigan. So it's kind of this little corner. And uh, I think that's, in some ways, what makes it a dark sky park is because of this little corner it happens to be in with the lake and stuff. It, it has been certified as being among the darkest skies in the world. And it is way worth it. Mm-hmm. Like... The only thing that I can imagine, yeah, that'd be the closest to being able to just get on a large barge and go out to the middle of the Atlantic with everything shut off. Like the the skies that those sailors must see. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine, because you know that some of those guys just take that for granted. Don't even look up. Mm -hmm. But, you know... You know, they're doing, they're just going about, oh, yeah, yeah, take that for granted. Like those videos you see of people north that live north of the Arctic Circle in Finland and stuff who just walk outside and the aurora is just blistering and they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm going to go watch Netflix. Like, this is every night. Yeah. Like, it reminds me. So I grew up in Petoskey, which is about 30 minutes south of that dark sky park. Right, right. And 
you know, I would have friends from uh, Grand Rapids or Birmingham come up and be like, oh, my God, I can't, like, we go to see sunsets on the pier. Oh, I can't believe you get to live here. This is crazy. Like, you get to do this every day. And in my head, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is just, this is a small town. You guys have malls and everything <laughs> like that. Like, it took traveling to really appreciate how beautiful that area is. And I would love to... I'd love to trade places for a day with those guys that are like, oh, I just want to get off this ship and like be in a city where you know there's people and there's bars. All right, yeah. I'll trade you for a week because yeah. that must be a surreal experience to be out there and yeah, just experience oh, for sure. That. Yeah, in the middle of the ocean. Oof. That'd be cool. Yeah, we'll have to make some plans for the dark sky park. Actually, yes. for, the, um, for the 2019 eclipse, it's going to be, totality is actually going to be extremely, like, almost twice as long mm-hmm. even actually it might even be up to six minutes out in the ocean before it hits south america right but how crazy would that be yeah be out in the middle mm-hmm. <laughs> or to be one of those um pilots that just got to literally chase the eclipse yeah mm-hmm. to yeah. record data yeah well i mean yeah like i said some of those check those out some of those uh alaska airlines was just a full-on you know 747 yeah, and people going nuts and, and I, it's yeah. just crazy because you can see the shadow coming at them. Yeah, yeah. it just, just like just happened to be yeah. kind of the right air, right uh, route yeah. that they were taking. So definitely, but uh, I think that'll be a good place to to wrap. Thanks, John, for yeah, thank you for having talking me. with us. Yeah. We had we had to talk to you being the last member of our crew um, and a uh, fellow lover of the cosmos and absolutely. I'm looking forward to. Uh, the chance when we all get to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have... Just as good as the first. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll leave it... Maybe we'll even call you in sometime, do a phone dial and... Yeah. (laughs) Just ask you a question or two or something. No, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to get your your perspective because everyone has a little bit of a different perspective in, you know, Race Chaser Dad has seen a lot of amazing things and he talked about that with a lot of different launches and then, like... David and I have our own perspectives, and then you've got your own as well. Yeah. So it's good to – it feels complete now. All four of us have, have talked about the eclipse. And, and it is cool to see everyone's – the similarities in what we all say too. Well, I think it's also cool because just in doing this, I get to – and hearing you guys talk about it, I get to relive it through mm. your yeah. eyes. You know what I mean? Mm. Where it's um, memories that I had forgotten that I had had – you guys put, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I forgot yeah. about that. That so, little yeah. part of that nuance. Yeah. yeah. And there's parts talking to you that I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about going to Best Buy and trying to find a filter and yeah. then just yeah. cut the filter from the glasses. That's the best part about it is just sharing it with people. It was a great it's time. Like, I can't wait to do it again. It's like the second stage of puberty. Like, I've yeah. said from, <laughs> from the day it happened, I'm like, this is like the, ne- this is like the, you know, if you, this is the complete, you know, life-changing stage right there yep. it's like you go through puberty and then you have totality you definitely yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely something you don't forget yeah so. but this will be a good place to wrap the podcast too so uh if you're new to our uh, listening to eclipse on tap uh, we're happy to have you listening and um you can follow us on twitter at eclipse on tap and uh, also on instagram at eclipse on tap we'll keep it pretty simple with the handles and then uh, email as well. Uh, you can send us email if you don't do the social media thing, eclipseontap at gmail.com. So, uh, you know, send us a photo, send us a, a DM, anything you want. 
Uh, send John a question about his perspective if you if you want to. And Absolutely, we'll, we'll send it on to him. All photos so. science related, please. Yes, <laughs> anything anything you want. Uh, uh, if it if it has to do with space and science and, and the eclipse, we'd love to see it. All um, game for it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, with that said, we'll see you next time for the month of February. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.